Hey, everybody. Welcome to Pale in Comparison, a proud member of the Doof Network. In this podcast, my sister uses her knowledge of the otherverse to take a look at Pact, Wildbow's least chill work, and I try to not give away any spoilers. I'm Jenny, and Malia convinced me to read Worm. I'm Malia, and Jenny convinced me to read everything else. This episode, we are covering Cine DA chapters 14.1 and 14.2. Before we get into that, however, I'd like to issue a spoiler warning. This podcast is filled with pale spoilers. If you don't know the significance of a dark askew shape surrounded by junk metal and don't want us to tell you, stop now, read pale, and come back to this podcast. As for Pact, there'll be full spoilers to the chapters we are covering. Is that from the most recent pale? Uh, it's... M- I'm quoting from the from the Lucy chapter twenty two point seven, I think. Okay, gotcha. Um, all right, guys. I'm really glad that Malia had to pronounce CNADA because I don't think I would have said it like that. <laughs> I asked Ben. <laughs> Perfect. Well, uh, before we get started, we've got a fan art contest going on um, that will transform <laughs> your life and your whole perspective. Um, I mean, maybe it won't, but transformation's the theme, so that's close enough. And the deadline's February third. Woo! Uh, I was thinking that it'd be cool if this time someone did like like a little animated GIF or something. Mm-hmm. Um, no pressure, but like you know, like a magical girl transformation sort of little thing. If we could see the transformation, that'd be cool. That'd be super cool. Yeah. I feel like I just thought of a discussion question. Ooh, perfect. But should I say it now? Whatever. Or just write it down. Or write it down. And the thing is, you're you're either gonna you're gonna tell me it's dumb, which uh, fair, you know, fair enough. Okay, Malia, just look at it and see if it's phrased well enough. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, we'll talk about it when we get there. <laughs> Alright. So I don't know if that means it's a go or not but i think it's really fun it's fun okay great and it's kind of related to the fan art contest so there you go (laughs) so you'll just have to figure out what that means um but anyway it is a new arc so what does cine da mean so i had no idea and i'd never heard of this before (laughs) um this wasn't something that we talked about in law school you learn some latin phrases in law school but um this isn't one we ever learned um hmm. and so literally cna da is latin for without day um which is perfect because um it's still nighttime yeah uh this is this is the <laughs> arc the without a day um mm. and that's fun i mean not the arc there's been plenty of arcs without a day but this is one where they purposefully do like, like it, make it happen yeah yeah um but in the legal context um it means like indefinitely so it's usually used for adjournment so like adjournment cna da is um adjourning a hearing or a meeting or whatever without like a set time to come back um so i read something that said at the end of every u.s congress they adjourn CNADA and then like start the new Congress almost immediately or something like that. Um, but yeah, so it, it means indefinitely. Okay, cool. So, interesting. uh, this is a dark arc. 
so stupid. And uh, something is indefinite. Something is indefinite, and it's dark. So how does that make you feel? Um, well, I think you're all, all pointing this out, but I actually did remember this prediction. I predicted a while ago that um, the rest of this book is not going to let, like, is not going to be this night, and it's looking like less chance of that becoming true. Um, that maybe this book will just be this night, <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of a bummer, but also kind of hype because it's it's a fun thing to be like all this crazy shit happens. Um, That's true, but it is ominous. And I don't know, just like so to the point in a way that's funny. And I like it. <laughs> and it's kind of great. All right. Well, we'll start uh, with our chapter summary. Blake replenishes his bones while Green Eyes unusually isn't hungry. They form an alliance. Blake and his posse go to the Hillsglade house to talk with the opposition. Jacob's bell is on shaky ground. Alistair performs a time ritual and heals Evan. Rose and Blake clash, but have to coordinate. They split up. And Jake sees Johannes's play. What do you think of these chapters, Malia? Uh, these chapters had everything um, in a fun way. Like most, most everything I love. You know, Rose is back, Alistair is back, um, and they're just I love them in the story. Um, you know, we get cute Blake Green Eyes interactions. We get Green Eyes being like scary in the best, funniest way possible. There's good Evan and Green Eyes banter. There's um Jeremy, um, there's like conversation and discussion, and then there's like fucking wild shit. And there's also like we have a plan and that plan is immediately like put on hold, which is fun. Yeah, it's pretty wild stuff. <laughs> it's just like okay. Like okay. <laughs> Guess this is happening. Uh so Blake replenishes his bones and Green Eyes does not snack on something which is kind of unusual yeah um so so this arc starts off with like ruminating on goblins um and so we get more like goblins are scary but like this reminds me of um maggie's interlude right with the like creepy horrifying bodies and crap everywhere but then also like makes me think that maybe the like force pushing everything into like shitty chaos or whatever is like the red capped queen mm. um i think that's her name um but like i think that we'll see the th- like the three beat of maggie's blood and darkness and fire thing um and i mean this is this part this night seems to probably qualify i'm not sure um but i part of me feels like i don't want that to be the case because it doesn't feel like Blake and Rose centric enough. It like if Maggie was the protagonist of that story, that'd be perfect, you know, or bags. If Max was yeah. the protagonist, it'd be perfect, but she's not, um, she's really important and really interesting, but it feels like for Mags's antagonist, you know, like it's like if pale was about, um, I don't know, Melissa or something. And then like the wolf comes in and is the last big bad like it'd feel weird right even though you like know about the wolf because you know about avery and you really like avery but avery's not like the center um and i mean wild bow is like great and can do incredible things so if it is the red cap queen um i think he'll manage to make it fit and feel right but right now it's kind of like you know i want it like i need it to be about demons like i need it to be about grandma (laughs) rose being fucking crazy and demons 
and Laird and like, you know, that not about the scary goblins, but like reading this part, I was like, oh, fuck, there is that scary goblin lady out there. Mm -hmm. And what if she's the whatever the fuck? I don't know. What if she's the ultimate baddie? Yeah, I just it's like there's this force out there. It's making all the others super amp. It's not the abyss question mark. Like the abyss is just helping out. And yeah, it's just, you know, yeah, it's just helping along. <laughs> it's just assisting the other thing. The other thing. Um, And like, I don't think it's the lawyers, but I think the lawyers could really benefit. Like, I think there's all these entities that could benefit, but I, I don't know what that's fair. Um, I still like hope there's a demon under the house, but we will get there. <laughs> You hope that there's a demon. Well, like, every time anything happens with this house, I like freak out. <laughs> but we'll get there. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So again, we're talking about goblins. Green Eyes is like, you know, goblins aren't actually that stupid. Like, how do you think they survive? Like, she talks about the marking territory um, and um, how when she would sometimes try to eat the bodies that they had messed with, there'd be like, glass and razor wire and like all these like traps for her to make her you know like to hurt her and make her suffer and like that mm -hmm. sucks a lot it does um yeah and makes me feel blech. and it's it's interesting that like i don't know we're filling out a little bit more of her backstory and like goblin stink makes her lose her appetite but like not for the reason it makes most people lose their appetite um like not because it's gross because presumably she'd eat gross shit but because it's like malicious yeah um and it made me think about like oh like in what ways did that progress her boogeyman transformations or like whatever to like swallow glass and various things um yeah and that's just pretty yeah that's pretty that pretty much sucks that's lousy <laughs> yeah uh, still hungry trying to eat it I, yeah it's just awful it's awful um speaking yeah. of unedible things this is really random but cool. i had another weird dream <laughs> <laughs> that uh we bought a gallon of milk and i was pouring oh. some for like the kids and it came out looking really weird like clear but kind of like goopy Ooh. and i was like what is up and vitalis was there and he was like just pour the milk and i was like it doesn't look right it's weird and he's like that's oh, probably fine <laughs> but i was like i feel like it looks like egg yet like like egg whites <laughs> and so i was like i'm gonna put some in a pan see and so i put some in a pan and started cooking like egg whites and he, the more like i poured out it started getting like kind of yellowish in the bottom so i was like oh those are fucking egg yolks at the bottom they fucking gave us a gallon of like eggs <laughs> I was like, they really messed that up. And I was like, we're going to have to return this. <laughs> we're going to have to return this to the store and get our milk back. And I don't know why we have a gallon of eggs. <laughs> that feels like a fun prank. I mean, it wouldn't look like milk. But imagine if you just opened your freezer and you had a gallon jug, but it was eggs. It was fucking eggs. Or at least not milk. Something that's like, yeah. Like, how random is that? Right. It wasn't like whole eggs. It was like they're they right. pre like pre scrambled a bit, but like the yolk part was more in the bottom, yeah. and the white part was more in the top. I guess I don't know. It was bizarre. So yeah, it was weird. Weird. Yeah, I'm I'm really happy they don't serve eggs like that. 
<laughs> Can you imagine? Be like <laughs> half a cup of eggs. No, I mean or- that just reminds me of like Gaston, and also that Ugh. they sell like. I don't know if it's only egg substitute that's like that, but they sell egg in like cartons. That's true, but it's not a gallon. Yeah. You know, that makes a big difference, I feel like. Um, yeah. <laughs> gallon gallon jug of eggs. Anyway. <laughs> so I wouldn't want to eat that. I mean, obviously the glass is worse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not great. It's not great. Yeah. Um, if anyone knows what that dream means, feel free to comment. <laughs> I feel like... I just have we- I've been having Wait, weird dreams. Remember when we went and did the the dream analysis for Blake? Let's do it for you. Dream <laughs> meanings. Okay, that one. And then what was the other one? I had the lady booing the risotto. Right. And then oh, I had another one about work. I don't know if I told you that. But I dreamt that like it was one of those dreams where like you wake up and you're really like stressed out, like you're in trouble. Uh-huh. Um, because we, we use a lot of, like, sedation medication at work, right? And so we're constantly, like, wasting, um, like, if we don't, uh, we basically pull, um, like, a few vials of, like, fentanyl and Versed. Usually that's what we use, like, for each case. We use as much as, like, the patient needs. And then when we're done, we waste it afterwards. That's not how they normally do it, like, in, on the floor, <laughs> um, different parts of the hospital, but that's how we do it in our procedural area. Um, and so I was dreaming that uh, I had, like, a full uh, syringe of fentanyl left um, and was going to waste it with somebody and was just by, like, the the medication machine or like the, the waste thing. Um, and was just talking to like, man, I've just been so stressed out. And I was just like on a whim, like, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and relax. And I mean, I don't know how, cause I didn't have an IV, but in my dream world, I was, I just like injected this full syringe of fentanyl, just like <laughs> into myself somehow. <sighs> and I was like, Oh man, that feels better. And then I like realized, Oh no, this was illegal. Oh no. I I'm going to get fired. I'm going to lose my license. <laughs> like I I can't work like this. What did I do? <laughs> um and then I woke up slightly panicked and realized, oh yeah, I wouldn't like that's just bizarre. <laughs> it's really weird. Um, yeah. It's like, I don't know. That was a weird dream. Um <laughs> It's like, oh man, I did that right in front of somebody. <laughs> Uh, and, th- and they didn't even seem like freaked out or anything. They were just like, okay. <laughs> so that was that was a weird dream. Um, wow. So what do these dreams mean? If anyone is an expert, you can tell me. Um, well, dreammoods.com I mean, um, doesn't say anything about seeing a bunch of eggs that have already been... Like, there's cracked and broken eggs, but that's not really what you saw, right? No, it wasn't... There weren't any eggshells. I mean, I guess it was just, yeah, a bunch of, like, mixed up beaten egg, I guess. Right. In a and jug. It, well, okay, so if the eggs are scrambled, uh But it's it like represents... the yolk was at the bottom more and Yeah, the... yeah. It's not really scrambled. Oh. Yeah. Well, okay. The the closest thing I can see is dreaming of only the egg whites refers to your support system in your new endeavor. It is also symbolic <laughs> of your comfort zone and knowing your limitations. Um <laughs> <laughs> like so you're comfortable in the milk okay so, so i'm i'm comfortable about the milk but like what is the, what does for dream about just egg yolks mean uh it doesn't say but <laughs> to dream that you are drinking milk signifies domestic bliss and inner nourishment um if the milk is spoiled sour impure or bad tasting it suggests that you need to hold back your support 
You may be too trusting and need to question the motives of others. What does it mean if I'm <laughs> cooking it in a pan? Well, if the it milk turns is, into an omelet. If the milk is hot, <laughs> it represents comfort and calmness. <laughs> hmm. Would you say you were bathing in milk? <laughs> I would not say I was bathing in milk. <laughs> I would not say that. <laughs> um. Yeah, I looked up gallon and I couldn't. Oh, maybe jug. Jug. Maybe a jug. Jug of eggs. <laughs> Jug of eggs. <laughs> Good episode title. Okay. Jug. <laughs> nope. No. I mean, obviously, the stream list is outdated. So. Oh, wait. No, Jug. I found it. Oh. Okay. okay. To see a jug in your dream symbolizes innocence, abstinence, and virginity. <laughs> but I feel like eggs <laughs> seem like the opposite, right? Like fertility and like. Alternatively, the dream may be a pun on jugs or breasts and. <laughs> Particularly if the jug is filled with milk, it highlights maternal instinct or natural power. Yeah, I feel like m- milk and eggs are very, like, fertility. Yeah. Is this saying that I secretly want to have a baby? No. <laughs> uh, you already have babies, so maybe you just want to take... Maybe I want a dog? You want to nourish your babies. Oh, maybe I want to nourish my babies. I, that's true. I was trying to feed them. Well... I was trying to nurse my babies in the dream, and then I couldn't because it was fucking eggs. So what does that fucking do they, mean? Do they not like eggs? <laughs> not raw eggs in their cup. Well, do you cook actually, them? Actually, they don't like eggs. Miko doesn't like anything, and right. Lily actually doesn't like eggs. What? At least not yet. Like, every time I've given it to her, she's, like, been, like, bad <laughs> about, you know? That's wild. Yeah. She likes I mean, everything. She does like a lot of things. I mean, it, it also just seems like she likes everything because Miko likes nothing. Interesting, so, yeah. Um, so maybe she doesn't like everything, but, but I mean, yeah, we'll just have to see. <laughs> All right, but wait, what's the the other one is the booing risotto. Right, 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 right. And you um, know what that means. But it wasn't even, you weren't even, it was mom was telling you about someone doing it. Yeah, and she was pointing was so over at like the lady in the other table and she hadn't quite started doing it when I had like come in, but like all the waiters are walking around and avoiding everyone's like eye contact because they didn't want to like go talk to her. But then I think one kind of came by and my mom and mom was like, yeah, that lady. And then someone from another table was like, yeah, it's that lady. She keeps booing the risotto. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, booing um, to hear booing or dream that you are being booed indicates that you are seeking (laughs) approval and affirmation from others. Mm. Alternatively, you may find yourself in an embarrassing or shameful situation. Hmm. I feel like that. Is, okay. So may, from so the risotto was trying to gain approval and was shamed or the chef. Yeah. Well, but I'm I, looking to see if risotto is in here and I kind of doubt it, but then we'll go to like rice. <laughs> rice is in here. Let me see. Okay. Yeah. Right in here. Rice is... To see grains of rice in your dream rep- symbolize success, prosperity, luck, fertility, and warm friendships, but you didn't. Maybe, maybe, I feel maybe like I remember this- seeing the dish. But, oh, okay. But what does that mean when she was booing it? She that seems like not a is, good thing. Is, You're booing the... Right. She has found herself in a shameful... Okay, wait. She's seeking approval and affirmation from others. So this fake woman in your dream <laughs> wants... Success and prosperity and luck and fertility and warm friendships and maybe isn't getting it. 
I mean, no, it's it's a real mystery why she's like booing her fucking plate in the middle of the restaurant. It's shocking that she's not more popular. Um, I remember thinking it was just like I don't I don't even know if I thought it was funny in the dream, but I was just like, ooh, this is drama. I want to see, you know, like I want to see I want to see some shit go down. Um, so. I also have story because mom was telling you a story. So to tell or read a story in your dream indicates that there is some life lesson or moral that you need to learn or recognize. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe you need to learn that you want success and fertility and all that shit. I said Um, to see or be a storyteller in your dream suggests that you need to hold on to the past and learn from it. Okay. You need to appreciate traditions and the lessons. Appreciate tradition. (laughs) Appreciate tradition. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay this is just getting really weirder fun. and weirder <laughs> the more completely nonsense. Like, it's I making have, less and less sense right i have no idea i guess mom's a storyteller um the risotto's the lesson or like the risotto's like and booing the risotto is like the, that, that like the moral like don't boo your risotto oh do you want to yeah. know what it is to dream that you're in a restaurant yes okay it suggests that you are feeling overwhelmed by choices and decisions that you need to make in your life. Alternatively, mm. it that you are seeking emotional nourishment outside of your social support system. <laughs> Does it mean anything if the tables are round? Oh, fuck. Weirdly, I remember <laughs> that. They're round and white tables. Oh, I can look up white. Probably. Yeah, we promise we'll get back to the episode sometime, y'all. I mean, we, we will. But, like, honestly, this is just showing, like, these dream sites need to be updated. Because, I mean, come on. They just need more. They need more. And maybe more I can't shit. look up colors. I can't be the first There's person that's house, drunk of risotto. White wash, white out, like... wife, wife swapping, <laughs> wildebeest. Wildebeest. Uh, will, if you dream that you're writing your will. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like that's self-explanatory. <laughs> I feel like you're probably going through some shit. Wait, Blake had a dream about flying. I want to see wings. What is, you know, mm. what's this going to tell us about Blake? Could be that he's friends with a bird. <laughs> I mean, that could be the deep meaning. It might be. Okay. <laughs> oh, this is funny. Okay. <clears throat> to dream that you have wings suggests newfound freedom. You are on the right track. <laughs> And are soaring to success without limitations. <laughs> Alternatively, mm. you are trying to escape from a difficult situation. Okay, that seems probably more likely, but that's funny. That's so funny. That's pretty good. Uh, okay, back to the chapter. Yes. We're talking about non edible things. Yeah, I just, so Green Eyes is really sweet, and she, they, you know, Blake is trying to get healed and get bones and he's trying to you know treat this body with some respect so he covers its eyes um and green eyes is kind of like you know like they don't stay shut even when you are able to close them so just you know you you've got to just think of them as meat you can't like don't don't bother like think of you know yeah like don't dwell on it they're not they're not people anymore mm-hmm. um and blake says yeah that he really likes the idea of they're being the person inside and like you know what exactly does he say um yeah like it's it's not your body that is the person mm-hmm. and green eyes is like why do you think i like you you knobhead which was cute 
And Knobhead is a fun name for Blake. <laughs> that is a fun name. Like trees. It is um, interesting how different. I mean, this, this probably sounds like a really stupid thing to say, <laughs> but it's interesting how different people look when they're dead. You know, huh. um, even just compared to like um, being in a coma or something like that. Mm. Um, it's just like very apparent, like very obvious that mm. they're not there anymore. Um, sorry. Yeah, just thinking about stuff. I had a patient die a couple weeks ago. Again, that was very young. Yeah. Yeah. Sucks. But it's awful. Hate that. It's a bad thing about like where I work. So we have some rescue procedures that it's like they had to do it or they would have died anyway. But the procedure itself is very risky. So it's like they're talking to you beforehand. And then uh, even during, because during this some of the procedures, including that one, like you can't be very sedated for. And so oh, wow. she was talking beforehand. So uh, it sucks. But anyway, yeah. but yeah, it's kind of wild. It is a big, it's a big difference. But yeah. And I mean, I like this thing that Green Eye says about like, you know, like seeing the light in someone's eyes is like, that's where the person is. Um, mm-hmm. It reminds me about like, talk about like a soul or whatever mm-hmm. um i it reminds me of um dad talking about um what he wanted after he dies and this was years and years ago but i feel like he was kind of like i don't really care because that's not me anymore like do yeah. whatever like whatever you guys want right like makes y'all feel whatever but like your body isn't you mm-hmm. is a very i feel like it's a very catholic sentiment but then also like your body and your soul are very connected in Catholicism. And like um, back in the day, they were like, you have to bury your body holes because you're going to need it again when Jesus comes back, um, which is wild. <laughs> which is pretty wild. It's like, but also, really? I guess makes sense. <laughs> um, I mean, it doesn't, but, it, but I'm like, I could see kind of what they were thinking, but it's like, no. <laughs> They're like, no, you need that. God can't make you another one. Um <laughs> Yeah, like what are they gonna do <laughs> i think ben's favorite part of mass is um d- so during the nicene creed um the toward the end um we say and i look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come and every <laughs> time we say that ben giggles <laughs> <laughs> um because it, it, they they altered the translation in english um i mean like 10 or 15 years ago at this point but um i remember that i would always chuckle at that um, until I kind of got used to it, but yeah, mm-hmm. That's um, right. we look forward to the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> I know we're all about it. It does sound. It's like I mean, oh, that's kind of metal, you know. <laughs> Catholicism is so metal, <laughs> so metal, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you wouldn't think it, but like, yeah, upside down crosses and shit. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, that's like that's about as like religious as it gets guys i mean like we drink god's blood like like we do drink god's blood like marissica's whole that's true stuff i'm just like in in some ways it's tame well it's like you know what talk about like stealing like you know i don't know just like stealing like credit (laughs) yeah it's yeah like you weren't the first one okay (laughs) (laughs) i mean sure you kind of you made it like all about the blood but like you weren't the first one. Right. right. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, 
upside down cross isn't like a catholic thing per se but it's like it always just kind of makes me laugh when satanists use it mm. but because it's like saint peter mm-hmm. yeah it's like the sign of like i don't know like because what he got crucified upside down because he wasn't worthy to be like right right he i think he requested it yeah um to die like christ yeah he's insane i love him so much <laughs> peter's one of my favorites peter's peter's pretty pretty sweet stuff yeah <laughs> um and maybe it is a catholic i don't know it's catholic christian whatever hmm. it's some anyway it's it's that thing next <laughs> okay let's keep talking um, yeah um uh green eyes points out what i think i pointed out last episode that evan's been grouchier um mm. and you know this makes me worried because i think that he's becoming more abyssal after receiving that power boost from blake arcs ago mm. um and they do kind of address that this arc and talk about it and um you know when alistair heals evan um it seems like maybe some of that's been pushed away because yeah Yay. i don't want the abyss to have evan and i'm very worried about him um yeah, yeah. he's um, too sweet yeah um <laughs> And then there's this moment where Blake says, we're near the fairy house. It's 2, 11 o'clock. And I don't know why, but I was like, oh, Blake knows about Joanna Duchamp and he's going to go save her. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, oh my God, hope is near. I don't know if this is literally. It, it's very mind, optimistic of you. <laughs> in my mind, this was the first time the fairy house had ever been like mentioned other than last chapter, like I don't remember them being like, "Oh yes, the fairy live right there." Um, though, you know, whatever. But just this being brought up, like right after that, I think was a little like stab in the heart from Wild Bow to be like, "Ha ha ha, you know who's in there." But also, yeah. like, made me a little hopeful that maybe someone will figure it out. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So when they were like, "Let's keep walking," I was like, "No, no, don't no. keep walking." <laughs> Why don't you go visit? Not that they can glamour everything up so you can't see her anyway. I mean, yeah, that's very true. <sighs> well, they form an alliance with some scary others. Yeah, this was um frightening. Um I didn't think that they would or I was I was worried about them like attacking Blake or whatever. And it's cool that they're all just like, hey bro, fuck humans, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> um and yeah, do you remember where you did you like these guys um, when you read? Pack? Honestly, I don't remember that much, but I think I mean, off I was freaked out and then was like relieved, mm-hmm. like oh okay, yeah, that's, <laughs> a little that's, bit of a fake out. That's pretty much how I felt. Um, yeah, and yeah, it's just I don't know. They're cool, and I'm I'm curious and excited about this like colorful feather angel guy. Um, and uh i mean it's just i don't know the revenant is really scary because he always is like happy and cheerful even when he's saying like creepy awful shit so i'm less comfortable around him but they do make a deal to be chill or not aggressive um and the faceless woman is fun and horrifying yes um but it's it's it is refreshing that it you know blake doesn't have to be like he doesn't have to convince them about what's happening like they're smart enough to get like you know we've been manipulated and this is bullshit and you know let's team up sort of Mm -hmm. um and so this is a beat of them being like hey 
a lot of us have noticed we're stronger and it's weird. Um, we don't like, like, we like it, but like, there's something, you know, weird going on. And that's contributing to like, again, this story is reaching its culmination, but it has to signal to us like, there's something else. Um, and these are hints that I don't know. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I thought it was funny that Evan, Evan doesn't want to kill Behames because they're like such familiar adversaries that they're kind of like friends <laughs> almost. almost. Like fond. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he just like compares them to like certain adversaries in a video game that you beat over and over and over. And then you're kind of like, oh, um, and I thought it was funny that the Revenant knows about video games, but like Green Eyes doesn't. Yeah. Um, and like just how much of her life has Green Eyes forgot, but also like, you know, Tiffany probably doesn't know what this video game is. Like, it's not like everyone definitely knows, but it was kind of interesting. I mean, I mean, the Revenant was also human, um, but yeah. Um, but it's a relief that Blake's like, no, we don't want to kill the Bahames. We just want to like kneecap them. Um, with the Duchamps, it was the husbands. And with the Bahames, it's their huge well of power. And when you, you know, realize that you're like, hey, already on it. Like, <laughs> um. I'm glad we get to see the time stopping thing, but I almost thought that it had like already happened. Um, yeah. Yeah. But um, Blake's been carrying this body around because he's worried that he'd be karmically responsible for someone's innocence being hurt or the spirits having to like smooth that out. Mm hmm. Um, and no one else really seems to be concerned about this at all. <laughs> um. And it's interesting, like, it, it's one of the things that makes me really like Blake. He's he's trying to do the right thing. Um, he's trying to, yeah, treat this body with respect and not fuck up innocence and lots of different things. Um, but mm -hmm. it's interesting that, yeah, no one else seems to care at this yeah. point. I guess they're like, well, it's not my karma. I don't know. I didn't put him there. But Yeah, well, even because, I mean, the goblins set up that thing and, like, there's, like, a fucking dragon question mark. And, like, yeah. I mean, I... I the innocents are on some sort of like super sleep um magic y power or whatever. But still, like, if all the buildings downtown are destroyed tomorrow, like that's a problem. <laughs> um or something. Um yeah, and then we get a really cute moment where I don't know, the revenant or someone says, like, I like this one, and Blake goes, like, I like her too. And I'm like, ah That's cute. It's adorable. So cute. All right. So Blake and his posse go to the Hillsglade house to talk with the opposition, and we find that Jacob's bill is on shaky ground. <clears throat> so the house looks like shit. Um, we get a fun reminder of how the lawyers can take the house away uh, when it looks like shit, and we get a fun reminder that they exist, and they might show up to, and you know, probably will show up before the end of the story, so that's fun. Um, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I just feel like I'm really pr proud of Blake for trying to talk. Um, he recognizes that he can't just pick a fight with Alistair because he's too good at anticipating things. But um, I don't know. He he really is trying, I think. And Alistair is also really trying. I think Rose is also trying, but it's like really hard for her. But Alistair is like really trying to get Blake on side you know like he says things like we're allies blake like he and i mean i guess there's you know room for them to like turn on blake later um but alistair taking his ring 
and then giving it to Rose. And it's clear that like the thing is she's supposed to give it to Blake um, is a really powerful symbol. And like really, you know, Blake could just try to destroy it or whatever immediately. And it's just, I don't know. Like, I really like these people and I'm proud of them. <laughs> Yay. Um, and yeah, Alistair's pointing out that like, you're really well positioned because like you're a scary other and there's something making all the scary others stronger and you know like maybe you'll come out on top and manage to beat johannes and manage to do the whole thing but we're all gonna be fucked so (laughs) 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 la um um but yeah um there's a funny moment where um blake says yeah my goal is to like destroy your well of power and alistair's like perfect already on it (laughs) like (laughs) <laughs> and, <laughs> and and evan goes rose you've married a lunatic um which she could probably be like gainsaid for because as far as we know they're not married but um that was pretty funny that's pretty funny um yeah. <laughs> but yeah um the alistair reveals that you know they know something big is going down and it's exemplified or whatever illustrated by the tower card um and having learned, you know, a little bit about tarot in the course of this podcast, like this was really hype and exciting. Um, Alistair explains it. The the tower is the worst card in the major arcana to get. It's mm-hmm. worse than the devil. It's worse than death. Um, it is destruction. It is disaster. Um, but then he also described it as revolution and revelation. Um, I think Grandma Rose would be very excited to hear that. <laughs> um the revolution part um but you know the tower is the tower card is it's it's being destroyed it's falling Mm -hmm. and so like this house this town falling um is a very perfect match for that yeah Um, yeah yeah so i guess how does this fit in with the demon under the house theory oh my god I was so excited. I like I was in disbelief, but I was so excited. I was like, is it, is it, is it? Because it's like, <laughs> you know, we're doing omen. And um, and then the house starts to sink, um, which maybe would happen if there was like a sinkhole under the house created or by the demon. presence of a demon who's escaping. <laughs> um and oh my god, I got so excited. It was like when Maggie uh or when Mags almost like fell into the abyss. Um she was seeing like the cracks everywhere and i thought it was like the demon under the house was coming out or whatever like like several times in this book i've been like demon under the house and uh it hasn't happened yet but maybe (laughs) i'm just saying like the big scary demon under the house would be a satisfying like ultimate threat that is causing all this bad shit or whatever yes i mean that would be exciting (laughs) (sighs) I was so excited. I think, yeah, I mean, I think that this is also very exciting. <laughs> I mean, Although yeah, sure. It is exciting. Uh, <laughs> but not I demon just, exciting. The idea that in, like, you know, Arc 2 or whatever, the way that the hill is described, I'm like, oh, there's a demon under the house. And if I was right, like, God, that'd be so great. Um, <laughs> and I know that it's silly and it's probably not true, but it would be so fun if it were. Um, but yeah, so so we learn that this town is fucked. Um, you know, the abyss is trying to pull this whole city down. Um, it's being anchored in place because of the innocence. But Alistair's like, 
the innocents are going to wake up and they're going to see all the like dead people and scary shit and they're all going to leave and then we're all going to get sucked down into the abyss forever. Um, mm-hmm. Part of me is like, y'all should just leave. But yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's going to be I, bad. Yeah. I guess they don't want like a demon loose in the abyss, but there's probably a lot of those. So <laughs> they probably just don't want a demon loose anywhere. Sure. You think there's a lot of demons in the abyss? I don't know. It's supposed to be like hell or something. I It'd probably be worse, though. I don't know. Where do the demons live? I mean, it's a great question. Where, does, like, where do they get summoned from? Right. And like, are they all... Presumably they're not all bound somewhere. Like, I mean, there's Pose. But like two out of the three demon-like things we've met in this story are bound. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Ur had some demon babies. Which are currently bound <laughs> True, but I'm saying <laughs> right. There's more some babies, more little guys. I'm pretty sure they say something about that in the story, but I don't remember exactly what they said or I'm making that up. But I feel yeah. like I remember hearing. I don't think I know yet, or I missed it. But I don't know, or I'm making it up. But <laughs> it's. I mean, that's pretty. That covers all our bases. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> they either tell us or they don't. <laughs> so we're covered (laughs) Uh, and hopefully someone will let us know someone will definitely let us know we should guarantee that someone is going to comment something and tell us exactly what because we have very educated and smart listeners we do tell us a lot of things that we don't always address on the next podcast right i always read them anyway i appreciate it (laughs) (laughs) anyway um Next, Alistair performs a time ritual and heals Evan. Rose and Blake clash, but have to coordinate. Um, so this was fun. Um, there's a diagram in the house, and um, there's these blue braziers, 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 braziers. One of those is probably right. Is that um, braziers like a bra? Is that like brassier? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying, y'all. Pretty There's these sure. Okay, well, it's fine. <laughs> this blue flame contained things around. Um, and there's this diagram and it's an octagon and there's all this it's all blue and dark and cool, but then there's like green eyes is green eyes that are shining. Um Brazier. Brazier? I think it's Brazier. Brazier. Braziers. Okay, whatever. Sorry. That's what that's what Google was like. I was like, I'm gonna. I was like, I don't. I think it's brazier because I'm pretty sure that's a bra. But <laughs> it does it does look like it should be pronounced that way? To be fair, brazier. Um, but yeah, I I think I assumed that there just wasn't electricity in the house anymore because they'd fucked it up so bad. So it was I mean, surprising that, to me when they turned the lights back on later. Yeah, that um, was a little shocking. But those electricians who set up that house did some pretty great. They great did work. a good job. Did a good job. <laughs> Because that house has been through a lot of shit. So much. Like, a lot of shit. So, like, props. You know? Mad props. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so they're going to do this ritual thing. And they have a fun little pun or something where Alistair didn't miss a beat. Because, like, chronomancy. Um, and he steps <laughs> in and he puts the ring down and he spins it like a top. And I love that somewhat, like, all the behaviors are so fucking done with Alistair. And they're like, that's not part of the ritual. And... Blake is like theatrics and Alistair's like theatrics like just like 
<laughs> Alistair's all proud and thinks it's all fun and Blake is like, oh my god. Like on the one Did hand Rose say that? I thought it was Blake and Alistair. Well, no, I think Rose said that's not part of the ritual, though. Oh, she did? I thought it was, like, some other lady. Let me look. I don't think so. This might not be important. I think it was Rose. That's actually pretty funny. <laughs> um, oh, it is Rose. Huh. Woohoo! I don't know why my brain read, like, something else. I mean, um, it happens. Yeah. It's just funny that, like, you know, the spirits love that shit, and Blake, like, knows it. And maybe thinks it's obnoxious, and Alistair kn- knows it and thinks it's fun. <laughs> and I think that's yeah, fun. That is kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then, you know, they turn the lights back on, and Tiffany immediately screams because Green Eyes is like inches from her face. <laughs> and I'm like, like one, this is really funny. I guess she's kind of to the side of her because if she was right in front of her, you'd see her big eyes, you know, <laughs> that are glowing. <laughs> but like that was super fucking funny. And then like. Like, I think Green Eyes is like, this girl's cool. <laughs> and Tiffany's like, this girl's fucking scary. And I hope yeah. that they're friends by the end of the story. Um, I'm just, like, imagining right now, like, some scary mermaid face, like, being, like, right next to my face. I would for sure scream. Completely white and, like, pointy. And just, like, teeth s- and glowing eyes. At you. Glowing you, eye. Yeah, I would scream. You've seen her, sure. like, brutally murder several things. Like, <laughs> yeah. That I day. Would, like, yeah. <laughs> be like oh man just don't pay any uh, attention to me just don't look at me <laughs> so good i feel like for some reason just that like image even though they don't have like the little like i guess fishing hook th- or thing reminds mm-hmm. me of like an angler fish <gasps> like those fucking things in that fucking game outer wilds <laughs> yeah they're so scary Holy i still have to beat it every time it's like i haven't played that for a little while but like Man, those things freak me out. So scared. Stinking anger. <laughs> things. <sighs> those are spooky. Yep. Um, but yeah, I I like the the note that they're skipping Tuesday. So like, I think basically the whole the whole book since arc nine or whatever has been a Monday, and like now it's Tuesday. And something about the specificity of that is really fun. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, I just, I just have to think like in Jacob's Bell, if there's like a, a little hospital or like just any kind of businesses that do night shift, oh God, I gotta feel so bad for those workers. <laughs> it's like, are they going to get paid double or like they just not going to, they're just going to get paid for one normal shift because they're going to be like, of course we didn't work for 24 fucking hours. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> That's fascinating. Yeah. So I remember, like, said something about like, ah, oh, people might get bed sores, and I'm just like, you know, if you're if you're sleeping and rolling around in your sleep, you're not going to get bed sores. But there are people that like, obviously, very sick and elderly or like, uh, have injuries, or whatever, they can't move. So that made me think about like, oh, the hospital, like they're going to be turning people for a long freaking time. I mean, they would during the day too, I suppose. But <laughs> well, I'm just, wondering if it's like, um, they like freeze, right? Like the snowflakes and stuff froze like when oh Blake that's true did that when blake managed to use the time magic or whatever like everyone else stopped and he could run around and like get laird's blood or whatever he was doing oh, in arc true. seven um Ooh, if, they, if they get pressure injuries then like for 24 hours frozen really stood bad. up or frozen oh, like sitting somewhere awkward or what if someone's like frozen jumping in the air maybe that'd be the best thing 
because you wouldn't get uh. any pressure things anywhere. I mean, not that someone's going to be jumping in the air. Like, It'd be a fun chronomancy experiment. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, can you use like centuries of your family's time to do this fun experiment? Although maybe you only need a couple hours to see what would happen. Just make you wonder, like, how much magical research do they have? You know, like, do they make any research studies based on shit like that? Because I know I they mean, write they're... books. Right. Like, there there does seem to be some sort of like I mean there's a lot of like rigor and study in academia and things, but yeah, I don't know that they do like like uh double like, blind studies or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Like double blind <laughs> exactly. Where they get like a control mm-hmm. and <laughs> be like, Okay, here's like someone jumping once, not <laughs> in a time freeze. Here's someone else standing in a time freeze, here's someone yeah. And they right. I wonder kinda, if, like Yeah. I wonder if that would confuse the spirits to to do the same thing. (laughs) Like, because I feel like, you know, like I can see like Verona sitting there with like alchemical stuff, kind of like trying different shit out or whatever. But I almost feel like if you're kind of doing the same thing over and over and over, like maybe the spirits will get that you're trying to figure out what's going on, but maybe they'll be like, oh, do they want something different? Like, this is boring. Like, I wonder if like the effect would decrease or or like what would. Yeah, Mm, that's true. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. Maybe that's why we haven't heard about any magic research papers. I don't think we have, right? I mean, I know we've heard about books and like a lot of like study, but yeah. Right. I don't remember like studies. Studies. Of that type. Okay. I think so. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Um, But yeah, so they establish a fun clock for Barbatorum. Um, Rose needs to check on it in two hours uh, because it's going to get out in three. Yeah. that's just fun little detail, especially considering that Blake and Rose are running around doing other shit right now. Um, mm-hmm. At least they sent Blake after like the much worse antagonist yeah. in this scenario. <laughs> um, yeah, Mara could potentially be a fun, like not again, not quite as satisfying as like a Grandma Rose Demon Central sort of antagonist, but like she, her, like Mara deciding to dump all the white colonizers into the abyss tracks <laughs> you know <laughs> like that makes a shit ton of sense <laughs> um that's true that's true yeah that's funny <sighs> but yeah she's so they, evil she's so fucking scary mm-hmm. she's scary <sighs> um but yeah so alistair's like hey let's talk and they go outside and you know green eyes like catches a frozen snowflake and it's pretty cute and um they talk about you know the thing that's going on um and alistair heals evan and like rose gives him permission which was weird because yeah you should ask evan um <laughs> like Man, that's that's true um maybe they're like he's a minor so <laughs> so rose is his guardian um <laughs> Yeah, that was, I mean, but this, you know, was a huge relief and great. And um, Blake says, you know, he looks like as good as he has since Arc 7, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, Quoted Arc 7. Sorry. I just thought that was funny. Right. Not getting that. No. Like, just the way you said that. Like, Blake said, Evan's been <laughs> as good as he was since Arc 7. Arc 7. <laughs> Blake's aware of the story. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, but that's that's nice. And hopefully uh prevents abyss shit as much or something um hopefully 
And then Blake thinks about like, this is the second time he's used that ring to pacify me and with a favor and like, what's going to happen the third time? And like, I don't know, you're going to get useful shit. Yeah. Like (laughs) you're going to get something nice from this dude who will lose more power for it. Um, Mm -hmm. And you're going to like him more for it. Right. That'll be the thing. So he'll be like, Mm -hmm. maybe he's not so bad. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I like this thing where they're kind of like, Blake, you're scary. We're worried about you. Like, do you even know how many people you've killed tonight? And Blake's like, well, wouldn't it be like really creepy if I did? And the only reason this argument works <laughs> is because he's killed so many people. <laughs> like, you know, if it was one person or two people, it'd be like, no, you should remember that. But like, he's like, well, you know, given that I've killed 28 people, wouldn't it be weird if I knew exactly how all of that went down? And it's like, I guess, but uh, like he, he, almost, he almost needs like one of those hand counters, like <laughs> for like green. I just need to carry. Just be like, all right, ready? Okay, one, two, three, four, five. Click, 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 click. And then he could be like, "Well, funny, you should ask Alistair." <laughs> green eyes, what's the count? We've been keeping track, <laughs> just yeah. in case you ask this. Oh my god, it reminds <laughs> me of um the. It kind of reminds me of Lord of the Rings when Legolas and Gimli like have a mm. contest to see how many orcs they can kill or whatever. That's right. Um, and they're keeping like an active running count, so that's fun. But then also, yeah, like other book series where people have lists about people they. So I'm thinking specifically of like the Wheel of Time, and the main character feels a lot of guilt about, um, specifically the women who die for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he remembers the names of all the women who he thinks like he caused their death or whatever and he has Mm. this like list going through his head that he like really fixates on and it's like very unhealthy and like sexist kind of because he doesn't give a shit about the men who die (laughs) like you know in the same way um and um yeah that that is definitely very unhealthy but like ran didn't actually kill those people usually um yeah anyway Mm. I feel like the scene in Lord of the Rings with Legolas and Gimli, it wouldn't seem so fun if it was like humans on the <laughs> other the side doing it. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, obviously it was the orcs doing it, but I was also saying like if they were fighting like other like humans or people instead, right? And doing the count, yeah, it wouldn't quite be as playful because orcs are like monsters. Right, they're you like know. irredeemable, whatever. Yeah, like evil, made out of. They're like mud babies of doom. You right. Know? I it does thinking about it. I think from the humans' perspective, it is like the orcs. If the orcs were counting, uh, in that con in that battle, you know, because like Blake is scary. Like they're all like scary mm. boogie bad. Um, that's true. So yeah. That's true. <laughs> Just imagining Blake and Green Eyes like competing to see how many humans they could kill. Um, <laughs> that's upsetting. That's so messed up. I like Listen Gimli bad. <laughs> Discuss. Or just if, if like Listen Gimli had someone with like a hand clicker being like, all right, go. <laughs> Are they sadistic? <laughs> yeah. Like, what's wrong with you? <sighs> Anyway, yeah. So we come back to this whole fuck the seal bit again. And, you know, they're like, well, the abyss would not be able to get as much of a hold on you so quickly. 
um, because you wouldn't change as much. You'd be more like nailed down as this one thing. Um, but also, you know, you'd be a lot easier to bind and keep track of and stuff. And he's like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> like, I would be giving up an integral part of myself. And like, you know, I speculated about like, you know, is Blake the heir? Is Rose the heir? Are they both supposed to die? Like, what's going on? Um, yeah. But like this complete disdain for the seal seems like something Grandma Rose would want. Hmm. Um, like she wants to overthrow the system. And maybe the seal isn't actually part of what Grandma Rose perceives to be the problem. Um, she's worried about demons destroying everything. Um, and it seems like maybe the seal would be helpful in that fight, although maybe the structures created around the seal don't work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, his complete like absolutely no, I will not with the seal is fascinating mm-hmm. and feels important because it keeps coming up. Yeah. Um, and they bring up the lawyers. <laughs> um and <laughs> they're like, yeah, we're supposed to make the house nice and the house sucks and they're gonna be a problem. Um and Alistair's like, well, should we just call him now? Like deal with it now? Like whatever. <laughs> and Blake and Rose are like, no. <laughs> no. Like <laughs> And that was really funny. Yeah. Because Alistair even had to institute a rule that was like, okay, you two can't talk to each other. Because <laughs> like, this is just getting ridiculous. You, you can't not fight. And the fact that they both are like, nope, don't call nope. lawyers. It, it's like funny to me as a lawyer, kind of. Um, <laughs> but then also, like, yeah, they're like, is this good or bad? Like, you agreed. Like, what does that mean? Um, and I think that, yeah, having the lawyers show up now would probably only complicate things. Um, and they don't have a good solution to deal with stuff. So this seems like the right call. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I think so. <laughs> I think that would be, yeah, just real bad. Yeah. Um, they briefly talk about, you know, the Duchamps and, you know, like, okay, we got to go against Johannes and other people and mostly Johannes and, um, you know, the Duchamps are real fucked up and Alistair gives Blake kind of a pointed look. And Blake's like, yeah, I did take those bitches out. But, like, this reminds me that I don't think Blake knows that, like, there was a weird, like, meltdown murder spree after he left. Yeah. And so I think that Alistair thinks that Blake, like, you know, fucked things up more or whatever. Because, like, Alistair wasn't there. Like, I don't know what they know. Um, But, you know, Podrick was like, this is gonna fuck up Blake's whole shit. And I don't get why yet. Um, but this was a moment of like, oh, Blake doesn't know about all that crap, um, which seems bad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but yeah, they decide the new plan is not like team up. The new plan is like balance. balance. <laughs> it's like if you're on that part of the city and you're on that part of the city and you're both sort of doing the things that we kind of want, you won't be fighting. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um yeah well uh so rose and blake split up into two different teams uh blake runs into jeremy and then sees johannes's play um i'm real hype about this um when they describe the two groups it feels like we got the best of every possible split um i mean like as much as i want blake and alexis to be more resolved um it feels like this is not the time 
Um, so that was a fun split. And like Tiff is great, and Tiff and Green Eyes is so fun. So that was really fun. Um, and then you know we get Peter and Roxanne. Like holy shit! <laughs> like <laughs> we're fucking flying. Um, best of best Thorburns. Like so good. Like Kristoff would have been fun. <laughs> yes, but <clears throat> I'm kind of glad that he's not running around the city. Um, so yeah. like Ty is also kind of fun, but also good that he's, you know, at at base. Um, but you don't want Ellie and Catherine like that'd be boring and whiny. You want like fucking chaos. You want like the absolute. You want the snark. You want the trauma. You want the pure like what's it called when you're smart but you're like like cunning you want that hmm um yeah the faceless woman like throwing it's fine but the faceless woman like with the green eyes combination just how fucking scary she is that's super fun obviously we get the feathered man because blake spent like a whole paragraph describing him for no reason so he's coming yeah (laughs) and then some other dude who has nice clothes or something and i'm so hype um it's pretty hype yeah like it's so exciting and like already you know like we get green eyes like trying to be comforting tiff and tiff being like super freaked out and that's super fun but she's also trying to be like kind of nice about it Trying to be nice yeah (laughs) (laughs) and it's so great and like yeah i feel like the blake and alexis thing and their relationship and where it's at is pretty upsetting um yeah and it it's kind of weird like blake and green eyes like being cute and flirty and kind of you know starting to form a relationship was fun but then it's like alexis is here and like ah like i feel like bad but i like shouldn't because blake blake was never with alexis and he's totally free to pursue other things and stuff but it it just feels like there's this like unresolved shit yeah something odd yeah but blake can't work with alexis right now and yeah yeah so it goes to jeremy jeremy we're changing some stuff up jeremy is sad (laughs) um so they you know they tell jeremy the plan uh they ask for some help um you know split your help evenly between us please and then like go talk to alistair with everyone up with all the rest of your people um you know like my plan still stands they were the behames were drained of their power and now we're going after johannes um and part of this is because, you know, the Abyss is trying to get the city and someone or something is helping it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Jeremy or someone speculates that if Jacob's Bell falls, then Johannes will just like drain the swamp and expand because we're reminded that Johannes's domain isn't technically really in Jacob's Bell. Like it's the North End. So mm. maybe the North End isn't falling. Um, and that's wild. Great. <laughs> um but yeah the the plan the current immediate plan is that rose is going after the briar girl to be like what's up want to fight johannes blake is going after mara presumably not necessarily to be like what's up you want to fight johannes because <laughs> jeremy's like you're hunting an experienced practitioner in her own domain bold and like yeah um so he gives like you know one satyr one main ad he's like do not get them killed. They will be bodyguards to do shomps. They will not fight. Like, don't. Um, which is fun. Um, and then we see the deep dark sadness that is inside Jeremy because, you know, he's kind of accepting that he he doesn't have Sandra anymore. Um, he's a little mad. 
and I'm sad and I hate it. Yeah, it sucks. And it just feels like it's irreconcilable and I don't want it to be. Um, yeah. Yeah. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so we're, you know, we're scared and hyped because we're going to go fight fucking Mara or something. But instead of doing that, there's a fucking dragon? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a dragon. It seems like a dragon. There's a dragon and a big dude with a beard. A big ass dude and a dragon. And yeah, Johannes is helping them on their way to the abyss. If you want to sink people, you got to drop something big yeah. on them. Thanks a fucking lot, bruh. <laughs> Which is a fucking dragon. And like, I don't know if it's like literally a dragon. It's probably like, I mean, it's basically a dragon and a big dude. A dragon and a big dude. So like, <laughs> do you think like the dude's going to cannonball onto them? Or you think like the, the dragon's just going to like plop down? Or you think it's going to be like a combo? What are you thinking? I guess I was thinking like the dragon would just knock a bunch of buildings down or something. Hmm. I wasn't thinking that they would like actually like drop be that literal <laughs> i mean but like it probably know. would be effective um, and she just want to like if that guy did a cannonball into like a big body of water i mean i guess we don't know how big he is exactly but we know he's big big like how high you think the splash would go or the waves go well that's interesting because like i don't know how high a splash goes for like a normal person doing a cannonball mm. how high splash that's a good question there's gotta be some scientific it probably depends on how high you go up and depth of the water and how big you are yes yeah if you like i mean a cannonball it's a good amount of area all right the closer you are to a 90 degree angle the larger splash you'll make try to keep a perfect sphere shape um but how big how they're like telling me how i don't care how (laughs) how big we might just have to measure it next time I mean, I haven't done cannonball in a long time, but how big is like get a tape measure ready? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if anyone out there knows the formula, tape measure is probably a terrible way to do that. Actually, because it's flimsy. Like, get a yardstick, get a plastic one. Well, if you if you somehow, uh, I don't know, if there's like a diving board and someone Mm. holds it from the top (laughs) and just drops it down. You know, uh-huh. <laughs> then uh, and you could get a picture. You could get a picture. Then maybe you could figure. It out. Take a film and then just like pause it. Right, right. right. Yeah, and I unless it goes over the, the 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 yeah. Is that is there like a Guinness World Record? Like like largest splash, largest cannonball. They've got some weird world uh, records, so I wouldn't be shocked. I feel like that if they don't have that yet. They have some weird stuff, like most snaps, like most finger snaps in a minute. They have like most people to do a cannonball at the same time. That's lame. That's lame. I mean, that's actually would be well, pr- probably okay, the pretty The largest fun. splash ever recorded as of 2018. I doubt that this was the largest splash ever recorded. That was pretty big. So I think you can maybe get a splash taller than you. Okay, how tall is it? Don't leave us in suspense. So if the guy is... Are you telling us the record? Feet tall. No, it was just a video of some dudes jumping into a pool. Oh, okay. Well, that's <laughs> not that exciting. <laughs> I thought you like got like the the measurement. And you're like, oh, oh, that's pretty big. Okay, moving on. <laughs> no, sorry. It was just like <laughs> these two dudes jumping into a pool, and it it did get pretty tall. Uh, okay. Wait. Okay. This says 
the greatest height achieved by a human cannonball is 89 feet. (laughs) 89 feet? Does that mean like the the splash or like jumping into the water for me? I don't know. (laughs) Okay, either way, that's like a which is fucking a little over 27 meters. Wait, no, wait, no. Doesn't make any damn sense. No, wait. Die. No, wait. I think. Fuck. (laughs) What? Is no, it an actual no cannonball? Way. Yeah, no way. I think this is okay, like the human. That makes more sense. No, no, it's not. A, it's like the human cannon thing. Oh, like being launched no. out of a cannon. Oh, so no water involved. No water involved. Oh, okay. I mean, I guess that is a cannonball technically. It's a very literal, like you know. I guess he could do that. How big? It, like it had to be a big ass cannon for that guy. And then who would set off? I guess the dragon would set off the cannon because, like, you know flame right there right um yeah well there's a lot of technique about it and they're not telling me how big so okay well i'd say I guess, 60 uh, feet. everyone listening there's a world record that's just waiting to be gotten <clears throat> yeah so if you gotta figure out how to measure it well figure out how to measure it and you just gotta be the first one you know yeah <laughs> i mean they can't prove that someone's done it better so totally <laughs> <sighs> All right. Anything else to say about this part? No. All right. Now we're at our pale in comparison section where we talk about how something compares to pale. Um, I don't remember any cannonballers, although we did have that slide, Mm -hmm. which was pretty sweet. Um, But I guess technically they didn't actually cannonball in this chapter, so can't really compare that. Do you have anything you want to talk about in particular? Um, I don't know. Um, I guess like going out like into town or whatever this kind of reminds me of like various fight scenes that have happened in like downtown kennet or something um i'm trying to put my finger on one but i feelings of like the various kenneteers like running around in groups with like others and like maybe when like the practitioners were all invading uh Mm. when musser was during the like big musser arc or something um it's kind of a similar energy to where we get at the very end with like groups and running around Okay. Um, yeah i can see that yeah something i don't know if this is why exactly but something about jeremy reminds me of matthew um hmm. like but like jeremy's the one who did the betrayal you know not matthew you know like yeah um or not yeah not his wife and matthew's much more sad whereas jeremy's a little like losing it um yeah. but yeah I, I realized as we were talking about it that like i don't like I feel similarly uh, about Jeremy as I did about Matthew, and I'm excited for where Matthew's headed in his life or whatever. But um, a man who has lost his wife um, because of a betrayal, I guess. Although Jeremy seems more understandable and also mo- much more uh, uh, foreseen. What's the word? Predicted. Sandra mm. knew it was coming. Basically, she could. Whereas Matthew had no fucking clue that his wife was poisoning him. Yeah. Um, but there was something in that that felt similar. I don't know. Yeah, I could see that. All right, cool. Um, now the part we're all waiting for, Malia. What is your bold and specific prediction for this week? Okay. Um, I was trying to think of something that had to do with the arc title, but I couldn't quite come up with anything. Like it will not get light this chap or this arc. Like that's not that exciting. Um, you're right. That would not be bold enough. Right, and like indefinitely, like. Um, so I guess like the big dude is a giant and there's a dragon. That's not that wild. Um, mm-hmm. 
I guess so I guess when they meet up with Mara to confront her, uh Corvine will also be there hmm. to support her and fuck things up. Okay. That's exciting. Yeah. That's exciting. I like it. All right, cool. I also Thank you for that. I also kind of think mm-hmm. that this time because if we got another 24 hours of darkness i don't think that the binding with barbatorum is gonna fuck up this first time she has to check on it yeah i guess we'll see <laughs> yay hopefully you're right hopefully all right our last discussion question was what is a good psa slogan slash campaign for practitioners and i think a lot of people were inspired because <laughs> we got a lot of uh, submissions so we're going to try to go through this some of them we may have to summarize a bit. Yeah. And we might not have gotten every single one every from single the one. Discord, but we... Yeah. yeah. I tried. They're pretty fun. <laughs> so Bonsley67 says, I can see a 50s comic style ad campaign warning about the signs of doppelgangers and shapeshifters. Have you noticed a friend or a close family member all of a sudden who has a different laugh? Do they no longer enjoy things they once did? Do their pupils change when they think you aren't looking? <laughs> Watch for the dangers of the hidden menace. <laughs> oh, it feels useful. That's great. Um, yeah. Beard of Valor. Um, Had two. Has, yeah, two suggestions. So um, the first one is, I didn't just lose the battle in the war. I didn't just lose my life and my soul. I also consigned my comparatively innocent familiar to an unknown yet absolutely horrifying end. Demons. Not even once. <laughs> and then the second is, measure parentheses the diagram twice cast once which i like that one very good <laughs> um hobie demon says don't practice distracted which <laughs> pro- they probably mean don't practice distracted but maybe they it also rhymed. meant distracted distracted <laughs> that i can't even speak it did rhyme it did sound it's catchy don't practice distracted <laughs> Don't do it. In the time it takes to check the road ahead of you, gremlins in your vehicle can take a dozen different paths to sabotage the diagram you've been working on on your phone. (laughs) A mislaid diagram could fail in catastrophic ways, allowing bound demons an exit clause with which to avail themselves of myriad bodies to amuse with pains and pleasures indivisible. The life you save may be your own. (laughs) Pull over or use a combination of argumentative diagram with heraldic palisade elements to force your vehicle to avoid obstacles while you perform the more important tasks of ensuring that the binds you wrought for the centibites you'll soon face won't fail in ways that allow you to witness the flaying and interarticulation of every person with whom you've loved enough to tell that you just love them if you met his worms <laughs> and you will if those centibites get out don't practice distracted this message was paid for by the oxford index cards and douglas bradley <laughs> Um, Bleg Tall says after this past couple of chapters I can't help but wonder why anyone ever trusts that people are who they say they are considering that they're a fae around there needs to be an educational campaign about verifying identities before making agreements or promises holy crap yes yeah the, the yeah the fairy are scary and good at their job but it feels like the Duchamps are bad like they should somebody I mean, should know I gotta be honest the fairy are scary that's a good slogan right there fairy or scary fairy or scary (laughs) uh so captain rhino says practitioner society needs a psa about dangerous wild practitioners corrupting the youth into ways of friendship and kindness Hmm. yes (laughs) um singachi 
suggests sight before you fight. Um, a mantra for practitioners who forget to use the sight on an opponent and get their asses kicked because of it, which, heck yeah. It's pretty great. <clears throat> Mirth strike, their PSA. Image of an egg. This is your brain. The egg is cracked into a bowl, revealing a viscous tar-like mass with a knot of matted hair for a yolk. This is your brain on abyss. Any questions? <laughs> Ew. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty... It's pretty descriptive. It's pretty gross, man. <laughs> but touche. Um, Coro suggested a PSA where an erratic swingy intercut shots over the muddy guitar riffs, focusing on a young practitioner kneeling down next to a binding diagram, trapping an innocent looking fairy, um, and carefully unpicking the diagram. And it says, releasing bound others is stealing. Stealing is against the law. Cut to a fast motion shot of the practitioner abandoning their work and leaving while the fairy creature howls silently in anger and despair. Unbinding. It's a crime. And then Tommy B contributed, you wouldn't unbind a car. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so good. So good. So good. <laughs> the fairies with a Y. Like lowercase yes. F-A-I-R-Y. Little, little cute fairy. Little cute fairy, not the not the obviously not innocent fairy. Um yeah, I like that one. Um Elliot shared in Australia there's a big PSA campaign where in the ads people would do the tiny penis gesture at young men driving recklessly or being otherwise obnoxious on the road, basically encouraging you to shame guys who do that shit alongside trying to directly attack them in the ad. I can totally see Toad Swallow trying something similar to steer goblin behaviors. Yes. And then he suggested, yeah, these two other um, PSAs. All right. I'll read the first one. You want to read the second one, I guess? Sure. You've heard of Elf on the Shelf, but now get ready for Elf Takes Yourself. (laughs) Never give a fairy your homework, kids. This message brought to you by the Mags Foundation. Holy fuck. so good. (laughs) That's so good. (laughs) And then, does your practice impact us? Think about others when you gear up for your rituals. This message brought to you by the Kennet Council. <laughs> yeah. They do need some more PSS about that, I think. Mm-hmm. All right. Now we have our new discussion question, which I came up with like way in the beginning, which is, is it's just really random. It has nothing to do with what we talked about whatsoever. But it does have to do with our fan art contest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just about transformation. So... In the spirit of transformation, if you were going to make an Otherverse Transformers movie, <laughs> who would be the great Transformers that you would put into that role? And they could be cars. They could be, well, anything really that transforms into something else. So do they have to be robots? I feel like it'd be cool if they were robots, but <laughs> no. I feel like... So, so for instance, like, like Snowdrop. Like, like, what kind of appliance for... <laughs> <laughs> object that's not typically alive i guess would, would they transform they into? transform yeah or like would they disguise themselves as i mean i guess goblins kind of cheating because they already like do transform into weapons right but, like and like yeah, snowdrop to a possum yeah but like i feel like even that tra- transforming into another living creature where i feel like transformers i feel like it's more f- funny if it's like an oven or <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah, okay okay so an appliance so or pick someone something. from and, the other verse and tell us what what they would transform into to disguise themselves 
a yes. la the Transformers. A la and the Transformers. It make it a cool transformation. <laughs> yeah. It could, I mean, unless it, I guess it's like a car, so it can run on, like, it can't move by itself normally, you know? Mm-hmm. Without, like, you know. But I really like, like, an oven. I remember when they started coming out with, like, oven Pokemon and stuff, and I thought it was so dumb. But then, like, when I played the games, it was like, this is Rotom. And he's like a cute little electric ghost and mm-hmm. he wants to possess your shit. And I'm like, he's so cute. He's so cute. I mean, it's still dumb, but like, it's, it, it's like, I can accept it. Yeah. You know? And the keys fairy, that one's super cute. I don't remember that. I just remember the ice cream cone ones. Yeah. I'm still not sure about the ice cream cone ones. I haven't I'm, played a game I'm with sure that, that yet. I'm sure they're dumb. Yeah. But it's okay. You know? They're allowed to be dumb. Yeah. You know, they're trying to make money. They, yeah. they can only come up with so many things. There's only like a gazillion types of animals in the world they could go after. So you got to start doing ice cream, I guess. Uh, well, also just uh, based on that transformer question, uh, fan art contest. Um, do we say February 3rd? Yes. February 3rd. That's the due date. So get your uh, other versus transformers art in, please. <laughs> I mean, we'll we'll count that as a transformation art. Yeah, at least I will. Yeah, <laughs> that would be just great. <sighs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe, share it with your friends, and leave a rating and review. To support our podcast, go to Patreon.com/doofmedia. And if you'd like to support Wildbo as he continues to write fantastic stories, go to Patreon.com/Wildbo. You can follow the pod on Twitter at Pale Comparison. Or send us an email at paleincomparisonpod at gmail.com. Keep an eye out for our Reddit thread in r slash parahumans, where you can answer a discussion question and share your thoughts on this episode. In addition, if you would like to see all of my predictions laid out, check out our episode description for a link to a prediction tracker. Next episode, we will be covering chapters 14.3 and 14.4. I think I need to do a fun fact tracker. That'd be awesome. I'm starting to like kind of forget which facts i've done so hopefully i haven't done this i don't think i have i don't think but, so you know if you have it's been a while so <laughs> but i don't think so um so this week's fun fact the word tragedy comes from an ancient greek word meaning goat song <laughs> so, <It's> so good <laughs> so tragedy yeah so it's the word we use obviously for a terrible event or sad outcome has roots from the middle english word tragedy which, I mean, sounds really similar, but you have to, you know, it's spelled differently, uh, which can be traced back to medieval Latins, tra- tragedia, and the Latin tragedia. And that word originates from the ancient Greek word tragedia, which, I mean, that probably is, is pronounced slightly different, but whatever. That's how it's spelled, <laughs> meaning goat song. <laughs> so the commonly accepted theory is that uh, Greek tragedies were known as goat songs because the prize and Athenian play competitions was a live goat. That's so stupid! <laughs> like, can it be like, my heart feels the way like a goat sounds when it is crying? Like, can it at least be something like that? Okay, well, goats, like, like, scream like goat humans. You feel so, sad. They just sound like human shouting. Yeah! So, like, so to be fair, that might just be like, that was like, you know, your neighbor's, like, kid. Huh. Like, child. I mean, uh-huh. I guess the kids a goat too, but uh-huh. maybe that's where maybe that's why they call them kids because they fucking sound like screaming children <laughs> or screaming like, <laughs> like I don't know. I remember once I went 
to a farm um or like i don't know i went to a petting zoo or something with my family and uh there was a goat and i didn't i wasn't really paying attention but like i just i heard i swear i thought it was like a man just like yelling just like <laughs> ah, ah. i was like what the hell and it was a fucking goat sounded like a grown-ass man just like oh yelling at the top of his lungs so i was like oh my goodness this is why they don't tend to do a lot of goat noises i guess for kids because <laughs> it's just really them yelling <laughs> ah. <laughs> like yeah it's, it freaks me out oh <laughs> all right um, um it reminds me of um when we're out in public sometimes and um sometimes we'll hear a sound and ben will like be all excited and turn around because he thinks it's a bird and he's looking for the bird and it's a child she's <laughs> so annoyed he's like Meh. that's funny bird or child that's I, I feel like my children don't smell don't uh sound like birds but Maybe there's some fucked up birds, birds out there. Birds can sound weird. This is really random, Malia. Also, but like, I just stumbled across this subreddit. Uh-huh. I, I don't know if you go on Reddit very often. I'm guessing not, but like, not super often. Not super often. Um, I don't even. I, I don't. Sometimes you just find weird subreddits, right? So there's one. Let me just make sure I'm looking at it correctly. I think Ben would love it. It's called Divorced Birds. <laughs> and it's what? pictures it's pictures of birds that just look like they're getting divorced which i know sounds like it doesn't make sense <laughs> but, the, but the captions just it just like like yeah you know you're right <laughs> like they look like they're getting divorced <laughs> it's really bizarre it's really bizarre but it's funny um uh, like let me see there's uh, i mean it's like i could read some of these captions out but i don't know like uh, it's it's just so much better if you can see the if you can see the like uh yeah i wish i i just want to see your face when you look at it it's just gonna be it's gonna be great people write really like great captions like this one's like jamal longed for someone to like him for his poetry his ukulele riffs or even his grub hunting skills but the revolving door in his boudoir continued mercilessly. What would it take to be loved for his mind and not his body? <laughs> and let me see if I can show you what the bird looks like. Oh, I found it. Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It has like a really long, <laughs> weird throat thing. Yep. Yeah. So check that separate out, guys. It's really weird. It's um, really weird. And it's cra- it just cracks me up. Like, people are creative. Anyway, divorce birds. <laughs> Divorce birds. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, on that note, have a good one, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Woo-hoo. Bye. Bye.